and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host, Ryan, this week, and joining me fresh from his vacation, you're going to hear it, you're going to hear the freshness, the crinkle of the package being opened, uh, Crofton, Crofton is here. Whoa, Ryan, you cannot tell how tanned I am, like maybe you can hear the tan, but uh, I gotta say, yeah, I'm back from my first post-COVID, well, it's not post, every time I said post-COVID, my wife would be like, COVID's still a thing, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, uh, but uh, but trip since the pandemic broke out family trip um we just we got back uh not yesterday but the day before like fairly you know late enough 11 it's late when you got kids that's for sure um and then a day we had a day here and so now we're 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 back to normal recording a show i'm excited to share uh, how the trip went down um it was to an all-inclusive beach destination uh with kids uh, my first time doing something like this, so I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely cover that in the dungeons. Uh, and you know what? We might as well just uh, get right diapers, into it. Ryan. There's only two sections. You've <sighs> got to get them right. I'm so sorry. Did I say? Uh, well, you know what? Here's the thing. We are going to do dungeons first. You may notice some weirdness, so I'll just address it. Uh, I had Crofton on the Gamers Inn. I apologize. He was on the Gamers Inn, and uh, he was on. He thought he was coming on for episode 500. He was actually on for episode 510. But uh, just so there's no confusion, our dungeons section is uh, so is, is basically uh, a good half of the Gamers Inn. So if you are a Gamers Inn listener, you've already heard it. Um, and you can skip past it. No worries. You don't have to li- listen to Crofton twice. <laughs> Sorry, Crofton. I don't know why I'm going so hard. Ever? <laughs> yeah. Just listen to it again. I mean, you you know, there'll be nuances. There'll be one-liners. There'll be zingers that you didn't get. But whenever I say it's great to be here on the Gamers Inn, I'm really saying it's great to be here on Dungeons and Diapers. And whenever I say Dungeons and Diapers, that's a great show. What I really mean to say is Dungeons and Diapers, that's a great show. Right. So basically what you want me to do is take those audio quips and go in and edit every mention of Gamers In and replace it with you saying Dungeons and Diapers. No, I I didn't want to give you that work. I made the listeners do the work. They'll listen to it and they'll do it in their minds when they hear those bits. They'll be like, oh, that's a bit where Crofton told me I had to replace yeah okay no i mean that's the the art of suggestion i get it that's fine um but here's the thing uh enjoy our dungeons discussion um about valheim and vacation games and even the halo tv series so enjoy that and we'll see you on the other side Um, I, I, we're going to jump around a little bit here, but I, I did want to ask, like you, you specifically did, I think you did a call in the gamers in discord for, for vacation games. And did you pick any of those up? Yeah. So, um, let's get right to it, Ryan. Let's, let's kill chaos, right? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump in. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, vacation games. Uh, thank you, uh, Jimmy, the shovel and those who offered suggestions in, uh, the, uh, the discord, um, I was looking for a vacation game that I could take primarily that I could play on my switch. And I played all the, you know, the big heavy hitter games, 
uh, one of which just got delayed. Uh, we can talk about that later. But um, I, I, so I was looking for something a little bit off the main uh, path, like off the beaten path, so to speak. And uh, the game I, I, I ended up picking up was Golf Story. Uh, are you familiar with this one? I am familiar with it, but I have not played it yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pixel art sort of indie a little bit, and it came out earlier in the Switch's life cycle. And it's like, I guess on um, uh, I want I want to say Game Boy Color or way back when they they had a Mario Golf that had sort of like this weird RPG mode to it, and in the same way that Stardew Valley is kind of um, a spin-off of the Harvest Moon games inspired by those games and brought to life for a new generation, this is the same thing with that type of uh, RPG golf. So the golf thing is it's that basic golf game that you may have played since the early Nintendo days where like you hit one button, you know, to, to, to swing and then you got to stop the cursor and then you hit it again for strength and whatever. It's the same like three click, um, golfing mechanic that's existed in video games forever, but it's surrounded by like all sorts of like cute packaging, RPG packaging, where you go from golf course to golf course, which are designed, you know, there's like the, the prehistoric one and the surfer one. And, and like, they all have like some sort of theme and this cast of characters and all of this. Uh, and you go around doing side quests and all that, that often involve, you know, uh, um, putting or, or, or driving or just doing things in odd ways. There's even, you know, disc golf and mini golf make tongue in cheek appearances. All in all, it's like a pretty lighthearted game and kind of like the definition of a good vacation game. Like you can easily put it down. You don't, it, it's interesting, but not too interesting. Um, if that's, if that's like, I mean that in the best way, like it's not going to, engross you to the extent that like a big triple a or a zelda is you're you're gonna you're gonna be able to put it down so i really enjoyed it mostly but there were some things about it that were off-putting like it, it feels indie in some ways including like sometimes it's like you're looking for a quest giver or a character you just don't know where they are sometimes it's a little obtuse to figure out what you need to do next I know I was stuck and I almost gave up on it a couple of times. I think I'm still going to play play through as to use the golf terminology. Uh, but I also restarted this game uh, that I had on the Switch and that I I played years ago. And what's so great about the Switch, it actually can take, especially the smaller indies, there's a lot of room on it. Like there's a lot, I have, I had a lot of games. I'm like, man, I can't believe I have all these on there. And it, it one I, I restarted was into the breach, which is a strategic game made by the, the folks that made FTL, which was another game that I really liked. And uh, I, I restarted some into the breach and I bounced between into the breach and golf story. And they were both like really great, like playing games. You can put them down and both like, very very compelling and into the breach like um is a game got a lot of play a few years ago um but if if your listeners haven't picked it up i i mean of the two it's the higher it's for sure the higher quality and 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 better made game but i had played it before so it didn't have that novelty factor i would say that they were both like par for the course maybe maybe a birdie uh i give a birdie to into the breach and par for a golf story you know, all of my golf knowledge uh, comes from Mario Golf. I mean, uh, I remember you used to be able to spam a button um, that would make your character make noise as other people were playing. 
Um, that's also a part of golf. I remember uh, my cousin was always Waluigi, and it was super annoying because he'd always go, I'm going to win or something like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, golf. It's Sounds golf like story. something Waluigi would say. Yeah, well, I think or maybe it was Wario. I'm going to win, and Waluigi would go like, Something like uh, Waluigi. He's like a Pokemon. He only says his name, right? Yeah. Waluigi. Waluigi. You know? So, yeah. uh, no, uh, but that that has nothing to do with Golf Story. I have not played Golf Story, but I have played Into the Breach. And I absolutely love that game. I, I don't think it had the legs that FTL did for me, but I did really enjoy Into the Breach. And it is a, it is a fantastic strategy game. And I think there is... Um, there's a game that either is out now in early access or is out fully. I think it's called, there's another game similar to it that just came out on Steam and I'm trying to remember what it was called and it it's escaping me uh, for some reason. Let's spend a few minutes of podcast time while you yeah. try to figure it out. I, I, I already like... figured it out. I think it's it's called oh. uh, Kaiju Wars and it's out now. It's it's not out till end of April, but, it, but there is a demo you can play and it's... Uh, it's cool. It's got a similar structure to FTL, um, but instead of fighting giant robots, you're fighting giant monsters. So there you go. Sweet. Well, you in, do you mean into the breach? FTL, you're traveling through space. Uh, did I say FTL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the breach is giant robots, and it, you are giant robots in in, in, right. in you're fighting an alien invasion. <laughs> okay, I swear I played into the breach, but it was a long sure time ago. Sure, you did, buddy. I know. It, I'm really making it sound like I never played it, but uh, I don't even know when it came out. I feel like it came out Actually, like four years ago. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little spiel on Into the Breach for your listeners in case they missed it. So the idea sure. of this game is that you are these. Uh, there is an alien invasion, and you go. Um, it's a sort of isometric grid based type type gameplay, and you you get a sort of a faction of three like giant robots. Each one has like kind of one special power. Um, and uh, and at the beginning, you only have one group to choose from, but then you can choose from any uh, multiple, and each one has a pilot, and the pilots give you certain skills as well, and all of this, uh, and then you go through, and it's like a rogue-like in the sense that you, you go through these missions, and you've got to balance a lot of things that will lead to failure, not just losing all your guys, but a certain amount of energy going off the grid, and just different things. And if you lose, you go back to the beginning, but one of your pilots will travel through time because uh, there's a time travel element of this. And even in a, a mission, you can often re rewind a turn uh, if you have that power. And so there's this time time flux element of it as well. So you're repeating the same thing until you beat all these islands. And there's like a lava island and an ice island and all of that sort of thing. Uh, and, and so each one is divided into missions and you can tackle them in whatever order. And then eventually the, the alien boss will emerge and you have to, you have to fight it. It's always a series of these turn-based battles. Um, but I'm probably doing it in injustice in terms of all the detail that's packed into these sprites and, and how they play and all the, all the choices that you can make. But yeah, it's, it's really, really fun. And because it's so turn-based, it's very easy again, you know, to put down um, and to just, it's also like to play another round. Oh, I, I had a really bad, bad run that time. I'm going to, I'm going to play again because there is some chance to it and stuff. So yeah, uh, into the breach uh, is a, is a great game. Like it's honestly an awesome game. Golf Story is a good game. I enjoyed both of them for the time that I got to play on vacation. Nice. Well, that's really great. 
Um, I'm curious uh, if you are interested in the new Halo show that just started last week. I mean, it's tough. Uh, I did, like, I am pseudo interested. Uh-huh. I've played um, a fair amount of Halo uh, up until uh, Halo 3. I finished that, and then I didn't play 4 or 5, um, as I mentioned on Dungeons & Diapers, which is a fantastic show, by the way. Um, and uh, then when Halo Infinite came out, I, I dusted off the old Halo, and I played that. And I enjoy it very much, but let's be honest, Ryan, that story is not why I'm coming back to Halo. I'm coming to shoot aliens in the face. So the story... To be when there's a TV series, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, like I could see how they have a but enough lore there to warrant one, but it didn't feel like a must-have. And I am a, a little bit biased against video game stuff. I know that the curse is over. There's a lot of great stuff, including Castlevania on Netflix and other things. It's just, I it, it doesn't draw me. Uh, I'd rather just pl- continue playing Halo Infinite. So when all once all the episodes are out, I'll maybe check it out. But if there was somebody that had seen an episode already that could give me their opinion on it, then that would make it easier because maybe I should get in earlier. Well, it's good that you said those words because I have watched the first episode. And Damn. Yeah, I mean, it's what are the chances, right? To bring it up and have consumed the content. Uh, so, yes, episode one of Halo is out right now. Uh, it's on Paramount Plus, and uh, it is a weekly release, and I believe it's Thursdays. Yes, so it's released every Thursday. So episode two, likely when you're listening to this, will already be out. But I don't, I don't have time to travel. Um, but you do. So the thing is, uh, it is a TV show based on a video game. That's the first thing to get out of the way. So there is a bar that is being set, and uh, that bar is, uh, in terms of adaptations, it, it is still quite. It's still a little bit lower than, like, say, you know, books or um, even adapting TV into movies and movies into TV. You know that sort of. There, you know what I mean? Like there's this bar for video game movies that it's just not quite high as like comic books or books or, or, or right. the expectations of, of those medium crossovers. But you are correct. We're getting there. I will say that, but I will say that there's a couple of series or names that kind of have higher expectations attached to them. Like, look, I haven't seen the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. <laughs> he did it. Everybody at home, you saw it here first. <laughs> I didn't do it. He did it. <laughs> but but you you know like go you know, the expectation for story or quality maybe lower than for the last of us prestige tv series right um and it's for me halo is one of those ones that straddles the line there's hardcore halo fans uh and you know it's always had like kind of like a t for teen like not quite mature uh but t for teen type type audience and i just feel like there is a good chance of it being good, you know, like uh, of it being de- uh, a decent adaptation because there's enough lore. Like there are books mm-hmm. based in the Halo universe, right? So if they have enough for a book, then I feel that they probably have enough for a TV series. Yeah, there there are books. I've read uh, the first few back in the day. I've I've not read a video game movie or a video game novel in a while, and and they or, or a novel in uh, a while. True, you are not incorrect. Uh, you thought that was a jab, but it is it is truth. I I think the last <laughs> book I read was actually um, 
the pseudo uh, biography of uh, Satoru Iwata, Asks Iwata. That was really good. That was the last book I read. Um, it's actually, I don't think I finished it. I think I got like 10 pages stared at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was a self jab. I All know right. I did that to myself. Anyways, here, let's get back to Halo. I'm going to like, so I, um, lately I've been, uh, so you know, this, um, on my zombie show, I do clips of all the movies we're watching. So I've gotten into the habit of when we're watching properties and certain trailers for certain video game movies, I will do clips and, and I'll play one, but I brought one here from Halo and, um, it's not a very clippable show. Obviously, that first episode is setting up a lot, and it is setting up the robotic nature of the Spartans. I mean, Master Chief isn't known for talking uh, quite a lot. Um, he's also not known for taking his helmet off. But uh, and there is a. We'll get back to that. I don't know if it's a controversy. People are upset that he takes his helmet off in the show. I don't really care. I, I think it's fine. It, it makes sense for him to take his helmet off uh, in a TV show because it's a TV show. But um, actually, you say that out loud, and then I, I immediately think of The Mandalorian. And uh, anyways, we'll get back to that. But here's here's a, here's a bit of the writing. And I don't know, like, th- this isn't representative of the whole show, but I thought this was a funny moment. It's early on, but here we go. You don't eat? Didn't see anything I liked. Yeah? What is it you like? Nuts. Bolts. Microchips. That was a joke. Yeah, no, I've gathered. Hilarious. You ever take that thing off? All of my diagnostic command and control systems run through here. I need it. Master Chief, huh? So that's uh, that's Master Chief interacting with um, a rebel soldier that they had captured uh, near the start of the... Not really captured, more saved at the start of the episode. And I mean, this kind of like gives you an idea of what Master Chief sounds like. Um, he's not quite that like heroic one-liner character in the show so far. Um, he is much more robotic, which I think is more in line with the you know, uh, the lore pre-games. Um, Master Chief really doesn't get much of a personality until until he has Cortana. Like, the, the Spartans are very robotic. Uh, they are essentially humans that have been augmented to the point of, are they even human anymore? And, uh, and that is all, you know, touched on in the books, but is really not addressed in the games. Like, in the games, like, once you get to that point in Halo 1, like, it is basically a more charismatic doom guy, right? Um, yeah. It's weird not not it not being Steve Downs, yes. you know, uh, like I mean, I didn't think it would be but of course, I have no visuals on this like being a podcast. Uh, it's just the sound. So I I'm hearing I'm hearing him as a master chief uh, for the first time and, you know, like different actors can be cast in different parts and i'm not saying that he can't you know can't do it or, or shouldn't do it uh it's just odd you know it's like uh tom holland is nathan drake odd like you're just so so attached to a certain character voice or idea of it in your head that and it's funny because master chief is not a word he's not like uh, Nolan North and Uncharted, where he's blasting a million words a, a second. He's he's stoic all the way through, even with the one-liners. But uh, yeah, it is it it is a, a 
a bit a bit different. It is funny too that they chose to go back to the beginning and do all that that backstory instead of just jumping into him as being a a cool ass customer, you know. Yeah. I mean, he is still Master Chief. He's the leader of the Spartans. And uh, he he still has that sort of authority that that you you get from the games like everyone looks up to him, but in in the show because it is pre-Fall of Reach the Covenant is still very much this like unknown force. Um, the, the Spartans are more feared than, uh, than, than honored or looked up to. Like um, the show very much starts with uh, the politics of the books in that you have the UNSC basically as, you know, United humanity, except for these outer colony planets and they are rebelling. And there's a lot of talk of, you know, rebelling against the Marines and, and fighting against UNSC. And there's there's a little bit of that at the beginning, but it, like in the books, like in the games, that quickly goes away as the Covenant come in and basically are looking to wipe out all of humanity. And right off the bat in the show, you see, you, you said earlier it's based on a T game, but like I think the show leans more into the, um, the M of the franchise in terms of just the the gunplay violence like the plasma weapons i don't think the game really never went this far with it but in the books like they really did describe like these plasma weapons as these very devastating weapons and you see that in the show like you see the covenant sweeping in with these plasma weapons and basically decimating an, an entire rebel uh outpost and the elites that stupid pistol no well not not the i think okay well, i think there is a plasma pistol in the first episode um but it's the uh it's the elite weapon what's it i don't know what they're called but it's not the grunt weapon <laughs> where he charges it up it, yeah oh, God, uh, that thing's a piece of trash yeah although uh, you know one of the spartans uses it to great effect um it's uh it's one of those things where they've so, so far in the show, they adapt the elites, which are these very big, uh, brutish uh, versions of the elites. They don't appear to be as lanky as they were in the games. They're kind of closer to the brutes side of it. Um, so they are very menacing, very large creatures. And I, and I think they do a decent job of, uh, of bringing those characters to life, um, obviously through CG. And uh, you also see the prophets, which are as gross and accurate to what they were in the game. I think in the game, weren't they like these like weird floating, you know, these aliens that sat in these chairs that had like uh, like kind of worm like heads. Do you remember the prophets? I think they were introduced in Halo 2. I, I, I do remember that, like when you first get control of the Arbiter and stuff yes. like that. And it's just. I remember at that point, like, it was a lot of lore dump. Like, Halo 2 did a lot of setting up. It was the quintessential, like, they they hit it out of the park with Halo 1, and they're like, oh, we can do whatever we want. They threw in all this, the prophets of truth, the prophet of this and that, and all these internal covenant politics. I, I remember when I was playing that game, I'm like, I just want to shoot stuff in the face. <laughs> yeah. Well, they definitely adapt a lot of that um not shooting people in the face lore like uh there's a lot more that they bring from the games um so like i said it's it's pre-fall of reach 
So you get a lot of like characters that you know from the extended characters you know from the games. You have uh, additional Spartans. You have uh, Dr. Halsley. You have Jacob Keys. You have Miranda Keys. They're all introduced pretty early on. And obviously, as I said, the Master Chief. But um, I'll say this. There is some weirdness. It's not all, you know, first of all, I do, I do, I did really enjoy the episode. I was, as a, as a deep fan of Halo, I was a little worried, like, okay, if you do straight up the games, I think you have a problem. If you delve too far away from the games, you also have a problem. But what they've done is they've taken the Halo universe, the characters, the the Covenant, all that stuff, and they've crafted, I think, a story adjacent to the video games. They're calling it, like, I think, the Silver Timeline. And I think it, it... Obviously, we'll need to see where it goes, but I think it does a pretty good job at, like, setting up this world. It's... We don't we don't know why the Covenant is doing what they're doing, but they are starting to show us that side of the story. We're getting some behind the scenes. We see um, the Prophet's... There's like a weird human character. This is the one thing. There's a weird human character that is with the Covenant and they don't explain it at all. So if you're a fan of the games and you see this, it's like, what is going on here? Because there was never that. There was never this like weird human. You know what it reminded me of? It reminds me of in Gears of War, the queen of the locusts was human and it never really was explained until the very end. But in this case, there is a human that's working with the Covenant, and even the prophets are kind of talking to this human character as if she is sort of leading the Covenant. So that's a bit weird, coming from the video games, where, like, the Covenant wanted nothing to do with humanity, to the point where they were, like I said, they were trying to wipe them off the universe. So, like, it's uh, that's a little weird. It's it, uh, We'll see how they explain that one, but um, it's it's that's very different from the games. You know... In the silver timeline, Ryan Murphy never filled in his pool. <laughs> Great. That's not, we're not, we're recording that show later. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's a good one, though. Um, I, I'll say this about the Spartans and the way they're sort of running around in their armor. It does look a little weird at times. I think that uh, I, I, I'm curious to put this out there if there is a show where you have a, a bunch of characters in very bulky armor. We're not talking about Mandalorian where they're wearing like strategic shoulder pads. We're, I'm talking about like full bodysuit armor, you know, nine foot soldiers. Cause I think the Spartans are supposed to be like immense. It can look a little weird as they are moving around. Cause there's a mixture, I think of the actors in suits and then C- full CG. So there's some weirdness there, but like, I think that, the Mandalorian kind of set this bar for like shows with characters and helmets. And I think Halo doesn't quite get to that point. Like I think Mandalorian just has that great mixture of having your characters interact when they're in a helmet and it works. And I think like, because that show worked, a lot of people were kind of up in Halo's grill of like, Oh, they have to take their helmets off so they can talk because that's the only way we can kind of figure out what's going on. But I, I think that, I mean, Master Chief takes off his helmet in the first episode for good reason. He takes it off because that's how he's being monitored by the UNSC. So he takes it off. And but do they show his face, yeah. or is it oh, a behind? Yeah. It's a behind shot. No, they show his face. Um, and this is the thing. Like, I think that just because it didn't happen in the video games doesn't mean they can't 
they can't do it in do you think in the books like strategically they always like never describe they they would perfectly describe his face and people saw his face it's just in the video games they never showed his face i think like i I get the the over obsession about like oh you know not seeing his face but it, it it's in the video games they're trying to do something specifically they're trying to make you feel that you are master chief right he doesn't talk much cortana does the chatter he gets to do a couple of quippy one lines they try to like evolve from the the gordon freeman doom guys that don't say anything to more of a a spoken protagonist that barely says anything but a lot it feels a little bit more realistic. Like they're trying to do that thing. They can't have you see his face because then you'll see it's not you as a game player that, that doesn't work. That's why he wears the, partly why he works the helmet, partly why you're not playing the first halo is just one of the Marines against the covenant. They have this, this Spartan class uh, of which I think in the original halo, you're the only one really, except yeah, they're all died out. They've all been killed. Uh, um, but uh, whoa, spoilers! Well, um, that's but, in the games. Come on, no, I I know. Uh, but uh, but but I'd say for the TV show, it's different. You're trying to develop a character. You're trying to establish a character that viewers can get behind and get involved with. So I a hundred percent understand why you would have to humanize that character. And as long as they don't pull the superhero movie thing, where the character known for wearing a mask is without their mask for most of the movie for some stupid ass reason then i'm totally on board with an occasional like let's humanize this character especially like a medical scene like that to me is an exact point where you can like you know make the make you be like this person is human because if you just see the master chief as a tv character that's never in danger he's like superman he's invincible well I mean, then that's not going to make him very relatable or engaging to you uh, throughout the show. So I understand why why they made that made that choice, and I but I also understand where fanboys who are used to playing the games and are like Master Chief never took off his helmet in the game. Just think it's a different medium, and they're trying to do different things. And I like how you're making the connection with the books because I think like in in the books, like they when they're doing something different as well. And it's more akin to what they're doing in the movie, in the TV show. And that's probably why they're inspiring themselves a little bit more from the books than maybe some of the, some of the games, the games are really trying to make him an avatar for your destruction, which they do a good job of. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I, I think in the, in the show, so master chief is played by uh, Pablo uh, Schreiber who I was just looking on IMDb. You may know him from American Gods, Orange is the New Black, but it turns out he's actually, uh, his paternal half-brother is actor uh, Liev Schreiber. So that's kind of interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, is he related to Liev Schreiber? Um, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Runs in the family. <laughs> it does. So would you say would you say that, that like, in the end, Halo... Uh, the first, coming out of one episode is this a recommend to watch is it wait for the whole series to come out and then go is it like they're going to be a lot of water cooler talk around this is it a seven out of ten like i feel like you're a you're a big halo fan but it sounds like you're a bit middling on it yeah i mean here's the thing as a halo fan i really appreciated what they did with this adaptation because again they didn't straight up do the video game story like the halo is not even referenced or mentioned 
Um, my theory is that the Halo will be like the last two episodes and the final episode will end with, oh my God, we're on the Halo. And which would be like this season, I think is the search for Halo. I think that's what's happening here. And uh, that I'm fine with that because, you know, having doing Halo is a, that's a lot of effects. But um, I think it's a good adaptation of some really wonky material and some really light characters uh, that they've they've adapted really well. And um, I think because it's on Paramount Plus, you have a few options. I think for for me, I, as someone who who wanted to watch this right away, um, I redeemed the thirty uh, day free trial that was part of Game Pass right now for Paramount Plus. So if you're a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, you get thirty days uh, just by activating on your Xbox or PC Game Pass app. I think so. That's an option. But really, like if you wanted to subscribe to Paramount Plus for a month, with I th- think is like six bucks Canadian a month it wouldn't hurt to wait until like queue it up. So like all the episodes will be live by the time you, your subscription ends. Um, so maybe wait like a month and then add it. I don't think you're going to be, this is not a game of Thrones. This is not a walking well earlier seasons of the walking dead or breaking bad. where like, you have to watch it or else spoilers, right? Like I would put it in line with, uh, um, like some of the Marvel shows that have happened, like you know, Moon Knight came out today. Uh, no one's been really like that's not being spoiled on Twitter. And I think, I think Halo is in the same vein. Like I don't think Halo is being spoiled on Twitter because it's just a show you can you can watch, and it's not like permeating your Twitter timeline to the degree that you have to mute um, hashtags. Like Mandalorian, even the Book of Boba Fett, I had to mute it mute it on Twitter so I wouldn't be spoiled. We're not at that level with Halo, and I think that's fine. Not every show needs to be a panic attack waiting to happen every time you open Twitter, you know? Um, so I really liked it. I liked it. It's it's a solid adaptation. Like, there's some wonky character bits. There's some deviations from the material that I'm sure is just, you know, just a bit of a sidetrack, and they'll get back to, like, the Halo of Halo. You know, I think once the Covenant threat becomes more apparent to... And what they're up to, like, I think you will get closer to where the games are at in terms of characters working together. Like, there is still this comp, like, human-on-human conflict, which isn't really present in the games because we're dealing with the Covenant. Um, So there is that bit, but, like, Master Chief's cool. He's running around. He's The action's pretty great. Like, uh, the first 15 minutes is, uh, is like a squad of elites going up against four Spartans. And it's a pretty pretty good action sequence. So yeah, it's it's there. Nice. Um, like most importantly, does uh, Beyonce sing the opening song? No, I think it's just the Halo. Well, here I think I have it here. Just wait. Uh, where is it? I, I played this. Hello. No, it's not. This is it right here. It's more like bombastic, you know. And uh, I think they also have this bit here. Let's see if I can fast forward it. Here it is. It's quiet. There it is. Oh, there it is. Gregorian yeah, chant. Yeah. So that's in there too. They they have see, all of I, that. Yeah. Okay. The Gregorian chant, and uh, you know, I feel like they gotta they gotta have that. Uh, so no, great, great. That's a good. Uh, 
got got me interested in the the Halo TV series, Ryan. Um, and because I'm on your show, uh, I was thinking like, well, what's you know, what game should I talk about in the gamers in? And uh, Bo recently was on my old podcasting buddy from Good Bad or Bullshit. Oh, you know Bo. Uh, <laughs> very funny, Ryan. Um, <laughs> but uh, Bo, Bo, Bo uh, and I have been playing a game together called Valheim. Um, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit on the Gamers Inn. I, I know Bo was on recently to talk about Elden Ring. I'm also playing a ton of Elden Ring. Um, I, I haven't because I've been away on vacation. But last night I played more Valheim with Bo and Mike. Um, and... Uh, that game's been out for about a year now. It's still in what is considered early access. Um, I I just, you know, Dungeons and Diapers listeners will know. They've probably heard me talk about this. Uh, but it is the latest and possibly greatest of our series of what I would call pandemic games that we use to hang out virtually. Um, uh, and uh, we have just started paying for a dedicated server, which is uh, – like just to put in context, it's one of those games where somebody has to host it. So if that person isn't playing, then the game world doesn't exist, right? And so um, you can pay to have like a virtual server hosted uh, so that you can log in anytime, like an MMO almost. Um, and so we just we just started doing that, and it's very it's very uh, it's very fun to be able to, to to do that and to just hop in because there's a lot of like errands in Valheim. So what is this game? It's like it's sort of like a it's viking themed and it has like a bit of a voxel video uh, um artistic style which i find looks really great honestly it's it's a really neat style and it's uh essentially you're dropped off in some sort of like afterlife world viking midgar type type world and you have to kill these uh bosses and there's like um one per like area and there's about five major areas in the game so far, which doesn't sound like a ton, but like it's not like you just walk up to the boss and kill them. It's like a survival game where you build stuff, you gather resources, you can, you know, maybe level up your guy a bit, you build up on your gear, and then you go and you fight the boss. And if you die at any point, you have to go back and do the corpse run and recover your stuff. But unlike Elden Ring and all these other games, if you die a second time while recovering your stuff, you don't lose like you don't lose all your 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 things. In fact, you actually, when you die, um, have a time where you do get penalized a bit on your stats when you die, and you they they give you sort of a forgiveness uh, grace period. If so, for the next you know 15, 20 minutes, if you die again, you're not going to get re-penalized all this to say it's like it's a building crafting fighting exploring game and the world is procedurally generated there's all these different biomes um and you you uh can you know build like a viking lair and and get all these resources and it's very much in the way that elden ring is um like obtuse like so you, it's guide friendly in the sense that they give you some help. There's this crow that gives you tips and tutorial tips. It's a little bit of, but mostly you will find things as you go. And when you find things, you unlock new recipes. Um, you know, oh, I found a carrot seed. That means I'm going to be able to grow carrots in my garden, which means I'm going to be able to make X 
amounts of foods, which are going to boost, boost my health or whatever. I can't go into the mountain cold area until I have frost potions. I can't go into the swamp until I have poison potion, poison resist potions. How do I develop them? I need to do this and that. A lot of this would not appeal to me. Generally, it's not my jam, but playing it with friends is so great. You see everybody's different personality style. Like my friend, Mike is a builder. He loves building stuff. I'm like the explorer um fighter dude uh bow is sort of like in between but often like food prep and gathering stuff for that so like we're off often like it's divided into days you don't want to be out at night and we'll be off doing our errands and chatting together and then coming back and building things and then going out on adventures and furthering it and anyway like for like a 25 dollars early access game on steam i cannot say enough good things i put like well over 100 hours and i'm the one who's put in the least amount of time of the three of us um so far so anyway valheim uh it's really like it benefits like Bo kind of held up my hand through the intro and it really benefits if you have a friend to do that, like to go in and play multiplayer day one, you can easily play single player, but having somebody say like, Hey, this is what you got to do. This is the first thing you got to do. And like that it's much more helpful and much more fun and made it much more uh, pain-free. So if you can do that, or even just go in with a couple of couple of your friends and exist in the same world and, and do the things together. It mixes what's great about an MMO with an actual world that you can build and forge and, and shape um, and explore. It's so huge, the environment. Um, so, uh, so interesting. So, you know, absolutely fantastic, fantastic game. They just did an update for it for the one-year anniversary, uh, adding frost caves to the biome that we are now exploring which are mountains so it goes you start in the the plant the meadows which are nice and more peaceful low lower level enemies and different things and then there's the black forest you spend a lot of time in uh, and then and then there's the swamp and then the mountains and the plains are the next one that we're building towards but uh, they just added the frost caves to the to the um to the mountains. And yeah, I would say like, if you're looking for something a bit different, if you want like something along the lines of the obtuseness of Elden Ring, that the feeling of exploration, um, the feeling of collaboration, like, I mean, Valheim is an awesome game. I really highly recommend it. That's really cool. Um, I have a quick question that's kind of popped in my head. You mentioned that you have rented a, a private server or purchased, I, I'm sure you're renting it. Um, is that something offered through the developers or is that something that, how does that work? Uh, it's not, uh, uh, you know what? I'm, I don't want to speak at a turn. Bo took care of it. Um, <laughs> so, so I kind of uh, figured I was just curious if you do, uh, yeah. but no, Bo and Mike are, are, are the ones that are like more hardcore onto the building stuff. It is a joke. They call me like a murder hobo. Cause I just go in and I'm like, what are we going to kill now or explore? And, uh, they're, they, built this new mountain cabin or some some new creation or whatever but uh, so they wanted more time to build because when i'm on there i'm trying to push to the next boss the next objective and they want to you know marinate in the experience if you will um so no i i think that it's enabled by the developer and it's very easy to do in the main menu to join one like you uh you, you know you could join a game that's in progress or then there's like join with ip or whatever and you click on that and you just have to put it in once it'll always remember it 
Um, and uh, and I do think that it is through the developer. I, I, I'm not 100% comfort, confident on that, but it Bo stressed many times that it is quite. It was more simple to do than he thought that it it, it would be. Um, and I mean, I guess there's nothing if you had two computers to stop you from just running a server in your a dedicated server in your own house on one of the computers. But I mean, that's a pain. Um, uh, and so, uh, and honestly, like we only started doing that recently because they were really jonesing. Uh, but, uh, but I would say that we, we got through a big chunk of the game where we would just play like on Saturday nights, maybe one weekday night a week, uh, we would, we would get going and we've been doing this for a while and yeah, it's just a, it's just a great game pictures. The screenshots I find almost don't do it justice. Cause even though it, it uses this voxel style, like the lighting and the music and everything, it just creates a package of that. You want to exist in this world and you want to explore this world. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, just really great. Cannot say enough good things. Yeah. There's a lot to uh, like, just even checking out the, the steam page. And I think, like just looking at the way the videos are set up and I love that from afar when you're when you're looking at these videos and you're and you're seeing these screenshots it does look like a fully 3D normal I don't want to say normal but like more of a traditional 3D video game but you're right like once you do get into you know closer detail you do recognize it is more of a a voxel feel and that's it's all that's i always love that about its art style and how from afar it looks like just like a really nice looking you know sort of god of war style third person action adventure game but when you get up close you do recognize that everything's sort of made of these these voxels and uh yeah it's a it's a game i've always had an interest in and you're you're so right for like 23 dollars canadian it's gone on sale a couple times it's such a it's so it's such a low price to entry and i and i wonder like uh, this is immediately my solo track you know play at my own pace style questioning here but i look at it and like for 20 bucks like i wonder is it something you could do you just play on your own as like a maybe not solely on your own but experience it on your own and kind of get your feet wet before jumping in with friends or that's what Bo did before and he sold this on it and he played a big chunk of time of it by himself. And I, I will say that it is, I, you know, I even, uh, and definitely Mike did, uh, st- fl- flirted with the idea of starting our own s- single player, uh, experiences and that we could, you know, manage at our own pace and stuff. I, I it's very much, uh, uh, a, a single player friendly experience, but it really does feel like it shines in multiplayer because there's that hangout aspect and everything goes faster because there is like a weird type of grinding to it, but it it's like, you know, chore, but Bo coined that term chore core. And it, it, and it does feel like it does have that element of like, okay, we got to mine, we got to mind mine copper from the black forest, but we can only carry so much of it and it'll be really slow once we find a copper node. So we got to, we got to bring a cart, but to get the cart there, we need to kind of build the road 
And so, like, it just becomes like, okay, what did you do today? Oh, I worked on – I'm building the road towards the Black Forest. What are you doing? Oh, I'm going to go harvest blueberries, you know? Uh, like, there's there, everybody has their own kind of, like, job and thing. And if you're one player doing all those things, like – it, 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 think about it like one of those RPG or those strategies games where you're managing pe- resources and you assign a person a task or another person a task. Or, um, it, it's just like everything is faster if you have more people. And I'm not sure I would have the patience to do it all myself, but Bo clearly did. Um, and so uh, he he built a big world. And, you know, uh, we've now passed where, where he is in it, but we've been playing this game for months and we're still not at the, the last biome and they are going to eventually add, um, you know, other other biomes. And even when we get to the last area and, and fully like explore it, I think, you know, you unlock these new recipes that allow you to build new things. And I can just see Mike and Bo building like giant forest palaces for for months still um so definitely uh depending on what your persuasion is you're gonna have more interested in like your gamer stripe like ryan i, I like i think knowing you and in, in, in also the, the fact that you got to keep up with the joneses for gamers in i don't know like really if i could like if you were in there with a couple of friends and starting out and building something maybe but we've turned it into like our weekly hangout commitment thing and um you know I'm not sure you'd be in a position to be like every Saturday night I'm devoting to playing Valheim, you know? Uh, but if you are in that position, then it's a really great time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're absolutely right. It's definitely one of those experiences that I would check out, jump in. I mean, it feels very close to Minecraft when some friends of mine were like, Oh, you got to jump into Minecraft. And, and I appreciate that people love Minecraft and we have a story not about Minecraft, but about Fortnite same deal like i appreciate that that game exists i enjoyed my time my minimal time with it uh i just i don't have the i wouldn't even call it attention span you're absolutely right it's not even keeping up with the joneses just i like to play all kinds of different games and the idea of spending my very limited time uh enjoying one game as opposed to multiple games is it's always been tough for me and i've been getting better at it but it's that getting better at it has been more like focusing on one or two uh experiences as opposed to being like you know i'm gonna spend half my time constantly playing one game and the other half checking out all the other stuff so i've you know like world of warcraft was a game i jumped back into on occasion i haven't touched it in years and and that is completely fine by me and you know there's been other other sort of world of world of war i don't know i've heard of this one is it an indie well maybe like 10 years ago but uh no not anymore uh it is it is a well-known mmo uh but yeah no it's just yeah i i can i think valheim is one of those games that i i appreciate from afar and it is honestly one of those titles where i'm happy to jump in and, and watch um you guys play it on twitch because i know you've uh you've streamed it before so And here we are on the other side. We're going to talk about uh, some fun stuff in the diapers section. Uh, Crofton, because you uh, you had a good chunk of time to talk about what you did on vacation from a video game perspective, while that's fresh in your mind, uh, I want to know what else did you do on your vacation? I know you went with your family. You didn't just play Golf Story and Into the Breach, right? 
No, uh, in fact, I actually didn't really even play that that much uh, of anything. There was some time in the evening uh, where I would be able to relax, but um, it was a trip to the Dominican Republic, which is one of those popular sort of uh, surf and sand destinations for Canadian snowbirds up there with Cuba and Mexico. But I had never been, so we went to Punta Cana and went to a resort there, and it was at, like a family friendly resort and um, had it like a family club that we were that we were in and it was awesome honestly it was really great it, like i have this thing i don't know ryan uh, what you're like let me just ask you straight up like when you were a kid did you like did you have either regular family vacations or did you ever like go on the airplane with your family places that you were nostalgic for uh no no we did not do the big trips by plane and we didn't stray very far by car either uh i have three brothers we have we i grew up a fairly large family uh so we never my parents really never like when i talk to my parents and i love my parents when we talk about my parents and you're gonna love this crofton i swear you're gonna love where this is going my parents uh they always talked about how they they could have that we could have gone on trips trips are very expensive for for carting a family of right. uh, with four kids but yeah, they chose shit, yes. yeah exactly they chose to rather invest in um what we did at home like they put us in sports they put in a pool they uh, uh they uh, <laughs> yes they put in a pool uh i knew you'd get a kick out of that one and and a uh, pool they did so like this is the thing um that was my that was our childhood we we stayed close to home we had plenty to do we were always out doing activities like even having four kids in activities in their own favorite activities like my younger brother played basketball i i think i played a bunch of different things i I don't think i stuck very long with them but we when we were kids we were in soccer baseball all kinds of stuff. Nothing that required hundreds of dollars of equipment. That was always the line. But if it only required, you know, special shorts and maybe uh, some special shoes, that's all good. So we never really went on trips, but we would we would go places. Like we would go visit family, and I think we'd go to Niagara region. Mom has family in Welland, so we'd go there. Um, you know. My dad's family was all in the area where where we grew up, so we didn't have to go very far to visit them. But yeah, we didn't we didn't stray too far. So I'm kind of curious as to how like I'm guessing you traveled as a kid, right? Like I, I you seem like the the traveling type. I de- definitely like. So my mom's from New Zealand, first off, and so so we did do a couple of trips to New Zealand, and one in particular was like a large uh, a large excursion. But one um, one thing though that that we that I remember much more clearly was every March break we would drive down to Florida, uh, and we went to the same place in Florida, Cocoa Beach, uh, and we had sort of like a a, a beach a, a vacation there, and sometimes go to Disney World or whatever. But it was like it was like a yearly thing, and it was like a tradition and I would get picked up from school and we would drive down. Anyway, this is just one of like multiple of these sort of family vacations, um, including some that I'd be, you know, were all, like the New Zealand and Fiji, Hawaii type trips were on an airplane. Um, and so 
I had kind of like, I don't want to say there's a monkey on my back, but ever since my daughters have been born, I've wanted to go on this trip. And there's always been things that have, I prohibited us. And I think early on when Gwen, my firstborn was a lot younger, we could have maybe pushed it, but we were new parents and we weren't necessarily comfortable with it. But, uh, you know, then second child comes along, they're very young, you got two kids, you're trying to balance things, then COVID happens, and nobody's going anywhere, right? So it's, it's just one of these things where as time has gone on, it has bothered me more and more, like that my kids hadn't been anywhere, that that um, that I had not, you know, like, I wasn't doing the things that I did when I was a kid, you know, giving my kids the same experience. I didn't need to bother me the way that it was bothering me. It was bothering me for a, like a dumb reason, really. Like just, just because things are the way they are for you doesn't mean that's the way they're going to be for your kids. Right. Like I fully acknowledge that, but still it was something I valued personally and was really looking to, uh, you know, have an experience. Uh, and, uh, and we finally did, we were able to like, we got tickets to, uh, you know, through a travel agent for an all inclusive. I talked about it last episode, the planning and all the work that goes around taking your kids everywhere. And that's the one thing, this is my first time being in my dad's role. Like the, the, you know, as kids, these vacations are awesome because your parents do everything. Um, and as adults, even though we were in an all-inclusive, there's a lot that we have to do. Like we had to, you know, you've got to sunscreen up all your kids, be sure that they don't burn. You've got to be sure that they, they're eating, they're fed, that they're in the right place in the right time, that you're in the right place in the right time. Because this resort that we went to, Ryan, was very big. Like to get to the beach required, you know, there was a, there was a, a shuttle that would like take you through the resort. Uh, and you had to like time it appropriately and all of this. So there was like a, a fair amount of, uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to use the term work. That's too much of a big term, but, but there was logistics. It, there's no vacation from being a parent. Right. Um, and that was reinforced by, by the trip. But that said, I mean, like it was pretty awesome. Like every day, we're going, you know, be it to the pool. So there's a water slide complex in it for kids. There was like uh, an, multiple pools. There was, and there was um, the uh, one of the most beautiful beaches I've ever seen in my life uh, and, and swimming in the ocean and all of that. And so it uh, was also one thing that kids, having kids along does for you is that I have this thing when I travel, when my wife and I uh, travel or when uh, you know, when I travel by, by myself, where I, I have like constant FOMO, like fear of missing out. Like, I'm just like, I'm only in this place for, you know, one time. So I've got to see, like, I'm in London. I've got to see everything in London. You know, like I just, I, you know, oh, I can't relax. And it, it's, it's challenging. Um, but kids force you to relax. And if you're smart enough not to take them on a cultural trip when they're like six or four, you know, which is what, you know, I could just imagine we'll be like, we're going to Paris and we're going to go visit the Louvre. You know, uh, that would be a disaster. Uh, but when you're going somewhere like the beach and you're, you're just having, having some fun, it's, it's like guilt free, you know, like, you know, that you're, you're just like, we didn't, we did no outings. We just stayed on the resort seven days, like 
chilling, going to various swim places, eating at the buffet, eating at the, which kids love buffets. Incidentally, this is, uh, I feel like I've been depriving my kids of buffets. There's a buffet here in Ottawa called the Mandarin. We're going to check that out because, uh, they love them some buffet, but yeah, all told it was just a really great experience, but definitely different than any vacation that I had done previously. Cause there is that parenting element, you know, that continual parenting element. And the fact that like, you're all, always together as a family. We had this awesome room where um, we had these bunk beds for the, for the girls. And, uh, and then we had a king size bed and it was a big room, but we're all essentially sharing this room. Right. So you're always together. Um, And I mean, like you're always together at home too, but this is a next level of always together. Right. So, um, so, I mean, there is that. It's just different. It's like really quality family time uh, is what it, what it is. Uh, and, and uh, I, yeah, I, I got to say it was fun. If you can get, have the opportunity to do that, and it doesn't have to be as far a trip or as complicated as a trip. But, like, when we were planning and we were talking to our travel agent, it was all about length of flights, um, you know, time of flights, all of that. And, and so, yeah, oh, just really great experience. Yeah. I mean, we have not, uh, the last trip, the last big trip we did with, uh, with the kids would have been our drive to, uh, PEI when Caden, I think was six months. So it was like a 18 hour drive. We went with family. We went with, uh, Ashley's side of the family. Um, so we had that built in babysitter, but Caden wasn't an age where you really, really kind of needed, ah, needed is not the right word, but where having babysitters around would have been super helpful to give you a break on your vacation, you know? Um, Cause I know you talked a bit about this in our discord chat about how you saw a lot of families vacationing with their grandparents and having that ability to basically have a night out on your all, all expenses paid or well, not at all expenses paid, but all inclusive vacation. Uh, you didn't win the prices, right? You had to pay for it. But um, there was like, I remember I went to Mexico for a friend's wedding and we, we didn't, we didn't have kids at the time. And uh, I feel like that would have been a very different experience. And there were people who were uh, there at the wedding um, who had small children and they, but because the grandparents were there, they kind of had, you know, they got to experience both sides of it. They got to experience being there as a family, but also being there to, you know, spend time with their significant other and and just generally, like, have some quiet time to themselves, right? I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I'd want to, I mean, I could see myself traveling with, uh, with, with, with grandparents for sure, especially now that we have three kids. Like, I think you definitely do need that support if you're looking for a break like we did we did a cottage trip last year and we're actually doing another one so we've gotten in the habit of uh of renting cottages again not too far away just very close but gives us enough room to sort of expand and one thing we did this year is we found a cottage that had like a little guest house so that we could say hey grandparents if you want to come up for a night and maybe pay for half a night or whatever just to kind of hang out with us and 
enjoy the cottage like we we got, <laughs> we not only did we get them to buy in but we also prefaced it as like hey you could help you know you can hang out with the kids we could all hang out as a family and and you know maybe ashley and i can go i don't know where where it actually is i don't think there's anything to do but like at least maybe go for a walk you know with uh without having to help isabel cart three or four you know stuffed cats and and a baby you know it's just uh that is that is the norm of like going for walks with small children um you often have to make sure all the stuffed animals make it home i and i like <laughs> it is funny because the grandparents think uh we saw like we would see these people sometimes on resort that, that were like uh a couple and they'd be traveling and the grandparents were traveling and they had like three month old baby and you know they're all four of the adults like watching this baby like like in the pool, like the mom's holding the baby in the pool and they're all like taking pictures. It's almost like the baby's a celebrity and they're all paparazzi. And I was sort of laugh, laughing at it. But at the same point, Jesse was like, well, you know what? Those parents are getting breaks. They're, they're, the grandparents are there. And like, I, you know, I totally uh, think that if you planned it out, you have the grandparents and you're all able to go together or even able to go with other families. I think that would just expand and um, deepen uh, the experience for sure. Like um, it is, it is a, uh, there was babysitting on the resort, but like, oh, this is one of the things where I was actually surprised. I learned some stuff about the Dominican and I, I went off resort to explore a little bit briefly um during like we had like a quiet time in the afternoon and I, I i went exploring and it was a little bit depressing going you know going off the resort just in terms of the 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 the, the economic uh, realities that dominicans face and obviously i'm getting accosted left and right by people looking for for tips and 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 to be my guide or to whatever um I was, you know, you know, fleeing back to the resort in 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 no time, and uh, I just, I just, I just found that um, that as like as a place to go, it is it is really about the resort. The, for for me, the Dominican Republic was, and um, there's a lot of learning experiences that that came out of it. And we're trying to determine if we want to copy and paste this trip in the future. Like, does this become our annual winter vacation? that we do or biannual or whatever. Uh, I, I know the girls are already asking. It is really fun when you come back and the girls are like, when's our next vacation? And they're, they're talking about it. Like it, it's Christmas and their birthdays wrapped into one, you know, like that's, that is, um, that is so awesome. So like, I mean, I, I, like I've always wanted to travel with my kids and this was really just like a relax. Like it's not a travel trip. It was more of a vacation trip and it, it definitely served that purpose. Yeah, no, that's really good. I'm, I'm glad you did have a good time. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't have any thoughts that you wouldn't have a great time. I wasn't putting that out into the universe. Uh, I knew you would. <laughs> I, I will say though, Ryan, like I, I did have like, and I was, I was, I was sharing with with Bo when I was playing uh, the game with the other day, and Jesse just heard a bit of it, and I think she was like, "Oh, it sounded like you were saying you didn't have a good time on the trip." I'm like, "No, I wasn't saying that. I was just saying." that there are some things that I didn't consider and uh, that, 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 you know, there is no vacation from being a parent, right? Like you are. So I was tired at the end of the day. One thing, this is, this is a, this is a funny, funny thing is like, you know, like I wanted my kids to piss in the pools 
or to, uh, to piss in the ocean. But they were just like, Clara is like, I need to use the pot. I need to use the toilet, daddy. I got to pee. I'm like, just pee in the pool like everybody else. <laughs> and, you know, and she's like, no, I need to use the toilet. And I'm like, kids, pee in the pool. You're three years old. For Christ's sake, this is the time to pee in the pool. But like, she was always like, because she's chugging down. It's an all-inclusive. She's chugging down the orange juice like it's going out of style. She had to piss all the time and every time you know jess or i had to take her to a bathroom so we started to know where like all the bathrooms on the resorts are but you're like out in the ocean swimming and she's like daddy i gotta pee i'm like just pee in the ocean you know and and she's she's like no no i need to go to the bathroom i need to go and i'm like ah so so there's a lot of like then walking Gwen or Clara to the bathroom, finding a bathroom and then like taking her back and then getting back, doing one thing. And then she's like, I got to pee again, you know, like, uh, and, and so, so I mean, you know, there's like, that's what I mean. There's like a lot of little parenting things uh, that you're constantly doing uh, while you're, while you're traveling, but you know, those are counterbalanced. Uh, and this is what I, I was telling Jesse. Those are counterbalanced by seeing your kids' first reaction to things. Like we saw, you know, my kids saw flamingos, peacocks for the first time. They saw the ocean and swam in it for the first time. Uh, they ate at a buffet for the first time. Like just like there's a bunch of things that they did for the first time and seeing their faces uh, and, and the way they react to those first moments. Like that's really price. That is really priceless. And it makes all the planning of the trip and it makes all the stuff that we do to get there like really worth it and i i will say like the flight was not that bad and we planned it as such and and you know gwen's awesome obviously she's seven and clara was pretty good but on the way there she was overtired at the end and like it was like pretty much melting down at the plane by the by the time we landed she fell asleep in Jess's arms during the the immigration sort of check in, and it's just funny because Clara is no longer like a small girl, right? But the other thing I'd say to you, Ryan, just and I know you have like seven kids, um, is the uh, is the fact that the more kids you have, the more expensive this stuff really becomes. And this is one thing that I really, uh, you know, I, it's like taking your two friends on a trip or something when you have two kids, like you're paying for, for that, you might get some discounts and like, we're only getting one room. So that was fine, but you're still paying for like the equivalent of four plane tickets, like all of that. So, you know, it is, it was much more expensive than the trips that I, that when it was just Jesse and I, and that is something like some folks, you know, may need to save for, or like you can even pay with, with the company that I bought, you can like pay in installments and stuff. And I understand why, Folks would want to do that, especially to get out of Canada during the winter. But we we did we had to do COVID tests before leaving, and we we got randomly selected when we got back to the airport in Ottawa to do more COVID tests, um, including Gwen, who is like you know just come off a big flight and is a child. I was not too pleased about that. But the good news about it is we got our COVID test back and no COVID. So we went through all of all of that and a lot of like like. Uh, honestly there nobody was wearing their mask except staff down there it was really the like it was like covid was on vacation um so so i'm glad that we came back you know no covid and i know a lot of people around here who have covid now so i mean that that's that's good it, you know we dodged that bullet that's good well i'm glad that uh you had a good time you did so safely and you made it back uh no post vacation colds um 
before we exit the diapers, though, I, I wanted to chat a little bit about uh, my last, not last week, was it, yeah, was it last week? No, it was the weekend before, this was a couple weekends ago, I we had our first Murphy family gathering as a family, all together, all four of my brothers and my parents in there, and, and um, my my two nieces, and and whatnot, and I hadn't. We hadn't all been together. I think, gosh, it's probably been more than a year for all of us to be together. Maybe, like in this setting, like in a setting where it's not just, a, oh, we're going to visit my parents. Maybe you can drop in, and we'll all be together for like an hour or something. This was like a, a full clan reunion. Yes, it was all of us uh, in the same house, having a great time. And I gotta say, like my younger brother's house is is so well equipped in the way where. There's just space to uh, socialize. Like he's got his whole basement done up so we could go down there while, uh, you know, Isabel still naps and also their little one still is napping as well. Actually, I think both their kids still nap. Um, They're both under Abigail's age. And so we had that ability, whereas here at our place, like if someone's napping, you have to either be in the far down basement and be quiet or you have to be outside. And I think that we really appreciated having that space to to stretch out, and uh, and we had a good sort of uh, family visit. And Caden um, and, and Abigail and Isabel, they for the first time got to interact, for the most part, for the first time. We don't like not just COVID, but like both their kids. One of them obviously was born during COVID, but the other was was still. I think Ashley was saying still crawling pre COVID. So we hadn't, the kids hadn't really had an opportunity to like interact with them. And we really haven't seen our kids interact at that cousin level with, you know, other kids, their age. And I remember as a kid, you know, like I mentioned, my dad's side of the family all lived in the area where we grew up. So anytime we had a family gathering, you were hanging out with your cousins and uh i think on my dad's side of the family i have like 30 plus cousins like there's a lot so like when we had a family gathering like there was a good chunk of people that you could hang out with and it was just a really nice experience to kind of see them you know playing together and having a good time it it had been it had been a while and i mean obviously we're not we haven't really been seeing a lot of that because like kate and abigail are just starting to make friends at school um abigail got invited to her first birthday party uh which i think is coming up in a couple weeks uh i think we might have touched on that last week caden's still super jealous but does she understand what that like does is she like on board like and excited or does it kind of roll off her uh you know what it's kind of funny that you asked that because I think it did kind of roll off her at first. She's like, oh, I got this invite from my friend. And I'm like, oh, you got invited to a birthday party. And it's at the Play Place, which is like this indoor playground in, in town. And she's like, oh, that's really cool. Like, she's familiar with the Play Place. And I said, you do realize. The Play you, Place? Well, it's not called the Play Place. I don't know what it's called. but oh, I thought it was, man. That would be the most. They're, they're like, hey, what do you want to call this place? I don't know. Like, people play in it. What about the play place? <laughs> isn't that what they called the McDonald's ball pits or whatever? It was the play place, wasn't it? Am I, I remembering that incorrectly? I, I I can't tell you, but I keep, I'm distracting you from the story. No, it was because Caden was excited. That's why she buy. That's why she she cares, right? <laughs> well, you know what? I'd normally give you that nod, but like honestly, um, she could have she could have played that angle because Caden was you know 
he was uh, he was not happy because they're in different classes. So they have this like policy for siblings when they are close in age to make sure they're in different classrooms uh, to the best of their ability. Like, again, when I was a kid, we yeah, like if you were close in age, you were in the same class as your brother because there were split grades because it was such a small school. Um, but for, for Caden, like it's Caden and Abigail, it's a, it's a large school so they can do that. But, um, we said to, we said to Caden, it's like, well, you know what? Like th- it's a big play area. We can go and you can hang out and you can be around, you know, Abigail and the party and stuff, but you're not, <laughs> but it's, he's like, oh, that's really exciting. And then I said, but you're not going to be able to like enjoy the, like the pizza or be in the room when they're doing gifts. Like you're kind of just gonna have to witness it from afar. <laughs> and he's just still like, he's like less bummed, but also like still a little per- perplexed about like how uh, he hasn't he hasn't been invited. To, there hasn't been a birthday party uh, for that side. But we entered into this weird. I know we touched on this last week about like parents interacting with parents and exchanging numbers and figuring out that sort of like okay, your kid wants to hang out with my kid. They don't have phones, so how do we figure this out? And uh, it was a similar fashion where it was like on the invite, like text so-and-so's mother to RSVP. And Ashley's like, what do I say? I'm like, I don't know, just tell them you're Abigail's mom. And and she wanted to ask about gift ideas and uh, and such and, and RSVP. And, and Ashley's like, okay, well, how does this sound? And it's like, hey, this is Abigail's mom also what is uh what is this person uh what is this kid what is your kid like like in terms of gifts like what do you look what do you you look because you know as a parent you don't want everyone to show up with like a bunch of like paw patrol crap like you kind of want to make sure that you're getting toys that are that are going to be just stuff that the kid's going to enjoy right and i mean kids don't know what kids like you know it's it's hard so um it was awkward, but I, I think we'll we'll get our first one under our belt and we'll we'll go from there. Um, but that uh, I think likely, yeah, by the next episode, will that'll have happened, so I'll be able to talk about that. It's funny just because it it links up with the like when we got back. Now the, the next thing is Clara's birthday par- party. Her birthday is on April eleventh, um, and uh, we are uh, we have booked a play place of our own uh, to do to do her party in, and we just sent out the invite today. So, tis the season, my friend, for COVID infested children's birthday parties. Yeah, well, ho- hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, it is actually funny enough. It's uh, Isabel's birthday tomorrow but she's at an age where like she's turning two where it's kind of like it's still at that age where they don't they'll definitely enjoy the festivities when it's happening but they're not at that age where they're like oh it's my birthday tomorrow and they're like counting down the days it's still like in that realm of more setting it up with family so like this weekend we will be having some some gatherings but uh i did have uh one last story here it was actually related to the murphy family gathering so we left so because we had to travel for it, and you'll appreciate this story. Um, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> of course you will be, of course. Because we're traveling for this gathering, um, it was a lunch thing, and we were going to leave as soon as Isabel woke up. So of course Isabel slept long, which is crazy because we're in a strange place for her, and but she still slept long. And it takes time to say your goodbyes and pack the van and get going. You know how it is. And uh, we ended up, our whole plan was we'd leave at 
a certain time we'd get home we'd order pizza and we'd have it as soon as we get home at around dinner time because if our kids don't eat at dinner time like they get real hangry they're just very angry and hungry and snacks will only get you so far so we're about halfway home and uh it's all rural it's all country there's not a whole lot going on uh, we stopped for water because Abigail couldn't find her water. So we had to go into a gas station. I had to pay $1.50 for a small bottle of water. And I'm like, okay, here's your water. And she's like, great. Thank you, daddy. You're the best. And I uh, get back in the van and Ashley's like, well, it's already five o'clock. We should probably get dinner because these kids are going to like, it's another like hour to get home. And I'm like, yeah, it's five o'clock, but like, what do you, what do you want to get? Like, there's nothing here, (laughs) you know, there's Tim Hortons, but the kids aren't going to eat, of course they'd happily eat donuts, but like, they're not going to eat like a sandwich and a soup. So Ashley's like, well, there's a pizza pizza in the gas station. Just get a pizza. And I'm like, uh, pizza pizza is already like borderline fast food pizza. But from a gas station? I thought you were going to see borderline pizza, but borderline fast food pizza. It's definitely fast food pizza. No, but it, I guess, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm trying to be critical of it in that it is, in my mind, pizza pizza is like down there. Like it's it's not that great, right? Or am I, or am I just going based on my gas station experience? No, you're absolutely right. It is like... Mike and I uh, get into disagreements about this, but I because I think he likes it sometimes. But I think what he likes is the dipping sauce and okay. not necessarily the pizza. I I think it is not good pizza. Okay, so this is the thing. There, so we so we're unless like, they want to sponsor us here on Dungeons and Diapers, in which case it would be the greatest pizza I've ever had. Right, because that's how sponsorships work. Uh, but. Like, here's the thing. Um, So we're like, okay, fine, we'll get a pizza. And I got to say, it was the worst pizza I've ever had. And it comes down to this, like, the day, the next day, I was so, like, laid out with this wicked stomach bug. It hit me about 24 hours later. I was up all night. I had to call in sick the next day because I was still feeling like crap the next day. It was really like I had not been that sick in a very long time. So the question becomes is like, was it visiting with the family or was it gas station pizza pizza? I still don't know to this day. I'm I'm more inclined to blame the pizza because it was really not great. Well, what, t- what were the toppings on the pizza, Ryan? I think it was just a pepperoni, bacon, green pepper, like a standard. It was just, it was not great. And I am, look, Pizza is, I love pizza, and I will always have one or two more slices than is required, and I did that even though this pizza was terrible. You dumb dumb. I know, I know. It's totally my fault. I'm not necessarily blaming the pizza. I'm more just painting a picture. Because pizza belly is a thing. Like, I love some some deep dish Lebanese style, like pizza here in Ottawa, like the, the uh, there's a couple of places like really greasy, super heavy cheese. I have a few slices of that and I am out cold. Like, uh, you know, but in this case, your stomach was upset. I will say, speaking of upset stomachs, are almost all of our, like, that's one thing when you travel, like cheese is made differently, the Dominican and, you know, Caribbean countries and stuff. All of us had some degree of, you know, upset upset belly so i can i can uh i can totally relate that it is not a fun time yeah 
So, I mean, I, I, it, there's no way of definitively knowing, but I did say to Ashley, like, look, let's we, just blame your family. <laughs> you're the second person to suggest that. And I, I mean, I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that is, that is one, you know, you angle. hear this Murphy clan. I I'm throwing down the gauntlet. You food poisoned your own brethren. Like you intentional or not, this will not stand, man. Yeah. There you go. So Dungeons and Diapers hereby declares war on the Murphy clan. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to – next time I'm in a Murphy family gathering, I'm just going to walk up and, and slap them and then get given an award an hour later. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I, I think it's uh, – that, that was a reference. Yes, it was. It was a reference. To the Oscars. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Oscars. I had to spell it out for you, Ryan. I know. It's just, you know, I did not watch the Oscars, but boy, did Twitter have a field day with that one. Um, I'll just, I'll say, I'll say this, like to, to wrap it up, I did say to Ashley, like, look, like amazing visit. It was so great to see everybody. We should definitely do it again. But knowing what we know now about this, this, this route we are going to need a better backup plan for dinner. And whether that is just, you know, leaving early or finding a better spot to stop. Like, it's just, it was so weird. Like when I was going over my finances the week after and I was looking at charges on the card, it's like, oh, when did we spend $17 at a gas station? Literally, the pizza pizza, it does not have its own register. You have to take the receipt over to the gas station attendant and pay for it there. So it shows up on your card as like the gas station. So like, again, it's just, there's no great part of this. So anyways, that's what I've got. It was Will Smith slapping Chris Rock in the face, Ryan. Yeah, it was. That was the reference. No, I know. <laughs> I'm, aware. I'm aware. I wasn't sure if I wasn't sure if you had gotten there. I just wanted to be clear. And then he got an award. For best I, actor, I did hear that. Yeah, he did get an award like five minutes later, and uh, just like the one I'm going to get from the Murphy clan for slapping Brother Joe. Mm, I don't, don't. I oh yeah, okay. Uh, I don't have, <laughs> don't have a Brother Joe, but we do have some listener feedback. That's just what your cousin's called, Brother Joe. You know, we call him that, colleague. You know. Like friendly style, you know. It's not your actual brother. I know that. He's no. your cousin. Second cousin, maybe. There's a lot of people there, Ryan. You can't know that one of them is not Brother Joe. Is it accurate? Very accurate. Um, you said listener feedback. I do. Yes, we have listener feedback this week. And it comes from Whirlwind. He submitted this via Discord. How do you find time for your significant other and what... You do. What do you do with your significant other uh, when you find that that time? Because we sure as heck haven't been uh, to a restaurant for a date in like years. And I mean that that is very true. Um, uh, this is a really good question because I feel like we've touched on this before. Because it is so easy to talk about what we fill in with our free time in terms of video games and movies, and oftentimes those discussions do involve our significant other uh not with the halo show i showed 30 seconds of the trailer to ashley and she's like this is too much for me and we didn't even get to the aliens so uh that did not fly with her she's like is samuel l jackson in this you're like no uh but uh, yeah no 
we're not we're obviously not spending time together right now but uh i think it's one of those things is like for me when i when i have the free time i find the free time and we usually do something that is just relaxing we'll watch a tv show watch a movie we have said recently like man we really do need to find someone who will watch all three of these kids for an extended period of time so we can go out and do something because again yeah it's been so long since we've been to a restaurant you know for for dinner even just out for a couple of hours um it's been a long time yeah and i uh, honestly um I'd love to tell Rowan and others that I have some sort of magic bullet for this, but I think it's probably being a point of contention here in the household as well. Like Jesse and I just came back from uh, a trip where we were like with the kids the whole time. And I think there maybe were some things we could have done to have had some time for ourselves, but you know, like you've got those three tiers, right? You've got the family time, the couple's time and the self time and i think as we've been in a pandemic um it's been so tough for everyone people have been sort of uh you know they need to to, to keep the lights on with the family and, and to manage that and be sure everyone's all right and then they've got to take care of themselves and i think it's coming at the detriment of couples and i think stats are showing that you know divorces are really high right now or separations and partly due to the stress pot caused by um the pandemic and then having a young family in general you know it's really challenging and it's easy to conflate and god knows i do it um family time with couple time like we're doing all this together um therefore it you know like we're it's like we 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 had a date night like if you go as a family to watch the latest pixar movie you you're not having a date night, you know, like just cause your wife is there and you're there. It's, it's, that's not how it works. Right. Um, and my, my wife and I had a, an episode yesterday where she asked me a question about something that happened at the airport in the Dominican Republic. And it, it occurred to me at that moment that that was the first time since that event happened where we were able to have that conversation without the kids there. Like, cause we had gotten back from that. We'd done all the trip. We'd come back. We'd gone to bed because it was really late. We all collectively went to bed. We got up the next day. We immediately had to, to run and, and do, do different things and all of this. And by the time we were able to sit down and actually have that conversation, the kids were in bed that night. So it was like well over 24 hours past the time it happened. She was finally able to ask me what happened. And I made me realize how little time that we have just the two of us. And like, you know, when I make choices, like to record a podcast with Ryan and do the gamers in or whatever, that means I'm not necessarily hanging out with her that night when I'm playing a game that I want to play with my friends, like um, Valheim, I might not be doing it that night. So I think it's, it's balancing and ensuring that you have something that you're doing on the regular beyond the special things that you do. So like, I think Ryan and I both strive to have at least like a show that we're watching with our significant other. Like recently I watched the after party and I suggested it uh, and my wife and I watched it and it's a murder mystery. So we're able, it also gives us 
an element of which to talk about when we're not watching. So like, you know, Oh, who do you think did it? What did you think about that? That thing last night? Like we, there's more to it than just the show itself. It gives us something to talk about. That's not the kids. That's not work. That's not all of these things because it's easy to get caught up in that grind. Um, and, th but then beyond that, we should be planning uh, for, you know, a night out here and there. And like, it'd be tough to get a babysitter because of the pandemic. So like, I don't have an answer, honestly, that, that works because I am not succeeding right now. I think that if you had meters gauging my success in different areas, uh, that would be one in which that I could, I could stand to do better. And I, I think uh, my wife and I will, you know, work on that. So it's, it's definitely one of those things where, um, I, I, you know, I would invite viewers and listeners uh, who have feedback on this to write in uh, as well. Share with Ryan and I your golden bullet uh, solutions. And everybody has a different situation too. Like I don't have a ton of grandparent support, you know, and I don't think Ryan has a ton of it either. And so it, it makes it challenging. Yeah. Um, for me specifically, like my parents live out of town. Ashley's parents live close enough, but they're more of the grandparent type that want to, they want to have, they want to have fun with their grandkids. They want to take them for a day to take them overnight, have a good, just have fun and say, okay, here, it's kind of the opposite of what normally happens with grandparents where it's like, oh, I, I need you to watch, like, I need you to watch the kids or, or. I just feel like they they're more looking for we're gonna have fun with our grandkids, but then when once they get tired, you got to take them back. Like we're not gonna take them for two nights because that would be too much. But we'll take them for one night. We'll tire them up. We'll keep them up late. We'll we'll do the whole here's a bunch of sweets and TV and stuff. Um, and it 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 does sound like I'm complaining and probably being too harsh, but uh, you know it works it works on the other side of it too. Like I I will fully admit, like I think with work and the kids and the pandemic and all this stuff and everything going on. It's so easy to just lose track of time and realize like, Oh crap, it has been like, I could, I can say this with, with no, without even second guessing. Myself. It has been too long since we've been able to just go and do. And I think it would be, it wouldn't be that hard to like queue it up and just, you know, and say, Hey, in two weeks, we'll get all the kids down. You just come and sit in the house and make sure that the that the kids are okay like just watch just listen for the kids like the kids are still at that age where they go to sleep between 7 and 7 30 where all you have to do is watch tv with at, at the reasonable volume and just do that like the classic babysitter style no trouble no muss no fuss and we should use that and just and just go restaurants are opening again go to the movies like i think we need to do that and I will be a, a terrible person if all I do is say it on a podcast. So if I don't bring it up as a story of like, hey, we did this thing, then remind me that I'm a terrible person and that I should I should action that. So like in the next two weeks, that's I think that's got to be my homework because like Ashley and I were just talking about this. We're super stressed with everything going on. And I said like, look, like we need to find some time to just do us, just go out, even just to go get dinner that isn't like, okay, the kids are down go drive to the restaurant, pick it up. Hopefully it's, it's not cold and we'll eat it while watching an episode of moon Knight. I don't know, whatever, <laughs> whatever we're watching, but, uh, that's sort of been, that's been our go-to is just, uh, you know, 
prepping a small dinner for the kids and then having like a, one of us driving out or, or even, you know, getting delivery and having it brought to the house. And then we'll, we'll chill with our own meal. Cause that's the other thing. Like that's the way we've been kind of looking at, you know, spending more quality time together is just having, there's something about like, and people without kids won't really understand this, but there's something about eating dinner with your kids and then eating dinner alone and realizing how different of an experience that is, <laughs> especially if you have younger kids who like refuse to eat like every third thing on their plate. I don't know if your kids are picky like that, but my kids aren't picky. They're just like selective in what they're going to eat today. You know, one day they'll be eating everything on their plate. The next day it's like, I've had a bite of everything. I'm good. You know? I mean, I, I will say that the, the meal thing is something that I, I didn't consider, but we do make efforts to like, well, we order like, even though it costs more money because the kids want McDonald's. Right. And like, I'll make a point of being like, what does Jesse want? We'll have still like special delivery meals and the kids will have McDonald's and we'll have like Thai or something. And I know it doesn't sound like much, but it's something. And then we share the, the dining experience and we imagine that we're at the Thai restaurant or whatever, but yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate the the food bit too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you find little things, but I, I get it. There is this like, little panic in the back of your mind of like oh yeah we really should get out and do something just the two of us and maybe that is a traditional like dinner in a movie and yeah there are those parents that do it a lot like are able to go out there and and uh and go to the restaurant and go to the movies and do the traditional like just get out and and do type stuff but it's tough and i think uh i am definitely guilty of just of of getting wrapped up in everything going on and then, and, and realizing like, Oh God, yeah, we should, we should figure that out. And, and, uh, and the kids really enjoy going to the grandparents too. And, and they, they want to go, you know? So it's also that side of things too. The kid, the kids need a break from us too. It's, it, that is, that is a hundred percent true. Like I, I think Caden and Abigail always appreciate when they can go to their grandparents because they want to break as well. They want to change their routine. They want to go somewhere else, you know? So, uh, I, I find at least for our kids, it, it works that way too. So thank you so much for the question whirlwind again. Like if you want to make your suggestions, we'll give you a list. We'll give you a list of places you can go, including our website, tgistudios.com slash dad, email the show dad at tgistudios.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy Crofton at Crofton Steers and the show at D and D cast. That's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week, and we'll see you next episode. We just killed chaos, Ryan. Ooh. Are you playing that, or is it just no trailer? Okay. Trailer quips. Trailer quips. What? You're so topical. Topical. Topical.